I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. Hi, this is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Christian Roth of BD Diesel. I'm Braden Fleece, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. Today, I'm going to be chatting with Jeff from the American Petroleum Institute, and we're going to be talking about something that uh, came across recently, which is in 2027, diesel emission standards change completely. And I wanted to talk with API about what goes into formulating engine oils to work with a future set of emission standards. What what, uh, kind of interactions are there? with the OEMs, um, the oil manufacturers, the engineers. How does that whole process work? So he's going to sit down, chat with us today, shed a little bit of light on that uh, on that subject and what we're going to see on store shelves here in a few years. Before we get to it, though, I want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors. A few months ago, we had sat down with Dominic from Kershaw Knives and chatted with him about different products that they have for 2022. And the, the connection that that we had seen between knives and you know diesel trucks almost seem completely opposite, but they're not. With the amount of uh, you know work people are using their trucks for, you know, on the construction site, mechanics in the shops, we're always using a knife or something, and they really focus on being able to offer products to meet a wide variety of budgets, whether it's warehouse work, in the shop, whether you're in the outdoors, self-defense, tons of different things like that. So we're going to be sitting down and chatting with him again here shortly. Um, But if there's any questions you guys have, make sure and leave them in the comments. Jump on our Discord, let us know. Um, Send us an email, and we'll make sure and ask him those questions uh, the next time he's on. If you're interested in one of their products, just go to kershaw.kiausa.com. You can check out a complete lineup of what they have. I'm always on there looking for new things. Um, you know, spring, summer's almost here. Going to be fishing and, and being in the outdoors. So I got to, uh, you know, regroup and, uh, and stock up on my supplies. So it's a, it's a really cool website, very interactive. They have a lot of information there. Also, if you're not on our Discord, make sure and jump on. You're going to see a link on the screen, then also down below to be able to jump on. We're almost at 400 people on there, which is crazy. We started it last summer and, and, uh, I was surprised when we had a hundred, but we've, we've continued to grow it. There's a lot of great information, really cool builds that you guys have. I love seeing what you guys are working on the questions that you guys have. And a lot of our ideas for shows come from there. Um, whether somebody wants to know more about lighting or headlights or building a six liter. So there's a great, a lot of great information there. And I want to see you guys on there asking questions. Let us know what we can you know, do to have, um, guests on the podcast that you want to hear or products you want to hear about or trends. It's a really awesome place. And also there's a link down below for our Patreon. So if you'd like to support the diesel podcast, help us grow, help us continue to deliver the content that you want. It's as low as $3 a month. You'll find a link down below and it's a, another way that you can be even more involved with the diesel podcast. All right, let's get to today's episode with Jeff from API and learning about these new emission standards and what goes into designing an oil for them. Jeff, welcome to the diesel podcast. I've been looking forward to doing this episode. I always love to chat about diesel engine oils. I know that our audience enjoys hearing about it and things are uh, you know changing so much in the you know, the diesel pickup truck market with new technology, new engines, new emission standards, and you have a lot of great information for us today. So I'm looking forward to learning along with the audience, chatting with you and learning what's going to be coming up for diesel oil in our in our pickup trucks here shortly. Yeah, thanks, Patrick. I'm, I'm really happy to be here and happy to happy to help. I wanted to uh, to start and have you tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you know what you do, what, what your what your expertise is, and then uh, then we'll jump right into the right into the uh, the big project you guys are working on. Yeah, sure. So I work for the American Petroleum Institute. Um, actually, uh, at large, a- API is a uh, 
trade organization that represents oil and natural gas. Uh, but we do have a lot of various certification programs to benefit the industry, to benefit the marketplace. And I have been working for about a dozen years with API's engine oil licensing and certification system, which is the uh, program that's behind the marks uh, that your listeners see on engine oil bottles as they're walking down the street uh, or walking down the aisle of their local big box store. Those are the API Starburst and the Donut been doing that for about 12 years. I manage it now. Um, and, uh, you know, that that is a program that is not only licensing oil marketers uh, to use the trademarks, but we also have a pretty rigorous aftermarket audit program where we're going out and buying samples directly from the marketplace like you or I or your listeners would and uh, testing them to ensure that they meet the standards and, and thereby ensure, you know, product quality and ensure that the trademarks continue to have their, uh, you know, their excellent reputation. I was uh, just thinking of the influx we've had over probably two or three years of a lot of people gravitating towards diesel trucks. They never owned one before. And a lot of the terms or a lot of the, uh, the, uh, the things that we use for maintenance is kind of new to them. And, and I wanted to ask you as far as, you know, with, um, with newer trucks, like in 2007 and a half, we have DPFs and EGRs, and then they progress to DEF fluid, and and those are constantly changing. From an oil standpoint, what's the relationship between changing you know, emissions regulations on these trucks and what kind of oil needs to go into that into the engine to meet you know tons of different you know specifications from the, the OEMs, the you know the EPA, and the certifications that they get? Well, look, you. you you're absolutely right. Uh, it's emissions regulations that really drive a lot of the cat- new engine oil category development. Um, most recently and currently, we're engaged in getting ready to develop the next engine oil, uh, diesel engine oil category. So right now the current oil category is API CK4. Um, the reason that we have received a request from the engine manufacturers, the EMA, their association uh, is indeed to be able to meet those, uh, the next set of regulations that are going to hit not only the pickup truck side, but mainly the on-highway, you know, big rigs and and off-highway diesels as well. And there is, uh, you know, there's a, a set of greenhouse gas regulations that are uh, essentially uh, the impetus and the trigger for this request. Uh, you know, so we're, yeah, I know we're we're five years out, but it does take a, a lot of time and a lot of effort to develop the engine tests that are behind these uh, performance tests uh, for the oils. And, um, you know, in this particular case, uh, you know, there is also, you, you spoke to it just a little bit, there are trends to lower viscosity coming too. And that's that's how a lot of the auto, uh, me, uh, engine manufacturers are, are meeting these regulations is by using oils of lower viscosity and specifying oils of lower viscosity these oils flow easier. Uh, they had less resistance to the overall operation of the engine, and therefore the engines run more efficiently, fuel, both from a fuel standpoint, from an operational standpoint. So it's always, uh, it, it, it normally is regulations that, that generate and trigger these initial requests. But while, while they're doing that, the, uh, the engine manufacturers too 
know what know what their engine platforms are going to look like in, in about five years, right? So they know the types of needs that they're going to have for the engines of the future uh, that aren't all just emissions related. There's better wear protection. There's a need for, uh, you know, better oxidation performance, all sorts of things like that. With, uh, with this new or the change that's going to be coming up, what does the process look like that you guys go through to be able to classify a whole new you know set of laws? And I know that this topic could probably, I mean, it's probably a bachelor's degree, master's degree, a doctorate. We could go. <laughs> Trust for, me, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> go for a long time, but but just you know, for the truck guys that are listening, the, the shop owners, um, the people who are interested in this, I, I find they're really curious about you know what causes the change in the process that, that you go through to be able to meet that. Yeah, well, I'll give you, I'll use the, the current request that we're uh, in the middle of developing for 2027. Uh, you know, the engine manufacturers came to API with a, a, a list of needs and a request to develop a, a new engine oil category. And um, we've, we've done all of the previous categories in the same manner, by the way, but ultimately what that does is it kicks off our uh, diesel engine oil advisory panel, which is a, a co-chaired panel, both of the OEMs, so the engine manufacturers and the oil marketers, which I'll, I'll refer to as API. Uh, these are the licensees. And in addition to those two uh, groups, we have a lot of interested parties that are part of this. For instance, the additive companies, um, you know, engine oil is a base stock plus an additive package that provides all the difference, different performance. Uh, so I'm not talking about additives. I know a lot of listeners will think additives are like, aftermarket things that you put in the tank after you fill up your gas. Now, that, what I'm getting at here are the companies that, that enable, uh, the, whose, whose additive packages enable an oil to have these performance properties that the manufacturers want. So all of these groups working together um, are, are right now um, beginning the very hard work of deciding which wear tests they want to use, for instance. You know, they're uh, one thing about performance specifications, in addition to, you know, typical benchtop tests and chemical tests, uh, there are many uh, engine tests, performance-based tests, in which you may run uh, an oil on a dyno for an X, X amount of time in a certain engine, tear down that in engine, inspect it for wear, for instance, grade it, and then, you know, you put the engine back together and run the next oil on it. These are the tests that we're working on now, and it will take us uh, a great deal of time with all of these various organizations. Uh, you know, we have up until basically January 1st, 2026 to work together to figure out what this category is going to include. And uh, once, once we've got that done, we have a mandatory waiting period before we do first licensing. Uh, and the reason that we do that is to provide a level playing field for all of the oil uh, lubricant manufacturers out there to have ample enough time to now, you know, provide products that are going to meet this uh, this performance specification. So um, it it it's uh you know I I know I've sort of summed it up in ten sentences or so. It's a it's a lot longer process. It is a transparent process. Anybody can be a part of it. Um, and throughout, uh, you know, it, it it ultimately gets balloted by all these various individuals through our API lubricants group. And once we are 
satisfied with it and the ballot passes, this new specification will go into API 1509, which is where all of our both gasoline and diesel engine oil performance specifications are housed. Uh, all this, by the way, is available on our website for those who are curious. And, and these are these are free standards, obviously, too. So, uh, you know, in a, in, a, in a nutshell, that's the process. But the important takeaways are that we're, uh, you know, this is not driven solely by the lubricant marketers. In fact, it's, it's driven by the OEMs and everybody whose products go into those oils that will satisfy the OEMs needs are part of that process. That's, that's really interesting to think about. I was getting excited thinking of these OEM engine, you know, companies and the different, um, you know, all the engineering that goes into what they're going to need, you know, for a diesel engine in the future. And then the oil companies and the additives all working together to be able to offer something that meets those emissions regulations, but that is, is, uh, provides protection to the engine, which is, I think really at the core of, you know, when somebody goes out and goes to a Ford or GM or a Ram dealership is, yeah, they want the, the power and the torque for towing, but it's that uh, robustness and the mm -hmm. longevity of a diesel engine that they want. And so knowing or just thinking about all the work and the testing and the science that goes behind it is very exciting. And I know a lot of our listeners are, they would probably love to sit in those rooms and watch the engine teardowns and, and that whole process. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I, I, I can agree with you for sure. And I'm sure that you're even now, given today's state of what it costs to get a vehicle, buy a used vehicle, the general inflation that we're all dealing with, with uh, across everything that we buy, it's more important now than ever, right, to keep those engines running and operating at their, uh, you know, designed optimum performance. And the engine oils, quite frankly, are planned into that as they're developing these engines. Uh, if and, and what I the reason I say that uh, and the reason that that's important to understand and this is look my dad was a mechanic uh, his whole life um, I cleaned up his shop every day he had a couple of cases of oil here and there but back in those days oil was oil and it was just something you needed to it as long as it was slippery and wet you know it was in in you know that you, you usually got by but it you you've really got to recalibrate your thinking these days into not thinking of oil as oil. It, it's, it's a technology and it's one piece of technology that, you know, uh, coupled with all the other pieces of technology that make up an engine that, that ensure that that engine is going to run as design, that it's going to last as long as design, that it, you know, that you're going to, you're going to be protecting your engine when you get closer to the drain intervals. All of this is at play when these, uh, ma engine manufacturers are, are, are designing an engine. So stick with what your owner's uh, recommendations require. I know a lot of people like to try to do this or do that to, uh, you know, get better performance or a better, better feel, tow better, as you, uh, as you suggested. Uh, as long as you're maintaining the recommended performance level, in other words, not buying an engine oil meant for a, 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 a truck that was built in the 90s, using the current categories, in our case, API CK4 is the current category. Uh, it is backwards compatible too, by the way. So the current category oils are formulated to meet because improvements are always uh, made sequentially. So it's backwards compatible. You'll get better protection for the older vehicles as well. And, and, and the whole the, the whole uh, nine yards for this is, is essentially using the right oils is going to make you a happier, happier driver, happier owner. 
It's one of the the common themes that we hear from aftermarket engine builders that we've talked to on the podcast is I've asked them, you know, what are some common failures that you see with any of the, you know, the engines are out there and it's maintenance. And they talk about, you know, not changing the oil um, and, and the kind of damage that can happen. And it turns into a 10 to 15, $20,000 expense. And I think a lot of the misconception with the enthusiasts can be that, you know, if I have, if I used an oil on my 2005 or six, and now I got a 2022, um, you know, I can't, I can't use this newer oil for the older truck that there is, as you had mentioned, this backwards compatibility. And I wanted to ask you more about that is, um, you know, so when people have a new truck and an old one, they can just buy one product for it because we don't necessarily want to go buy two or three different things and keep our garage, you know, cluttered with all these different products. It's nice just to have one thing that'll, that'll work with all of them. So as far as, you know, in the future, when these different, uh, this different type of oil is needed for this, you know, 2027 truck, um, how does it, is there any sort of, I don't want to say drawback, but what would you tell somebody who who is is kind of hesitant of can I run this in my fifteen year old truck or twenty year old truck or or ten year old as far as you know the actual the facts and the information behind what you do on a daily basis and in the whole group there? Yeah, that's a fair question, and, and it's and it's um, here's what I here's what I can suggest for those for those enthusiasts that are a little leery putting a, a modern day engine oil into a not so modern. Uh, diesel engine. Um, number one, you know, uh, we have developed these categories with backwards compatibility for years, uh, you know, and it has been, uh, it has been the engine manufacturers uh, by request that we continue to do that because they do want a one size fits all sort of performance level that will carry through to their customers' vehicles. Uh, across all age ranges. For the guy that's really, really picky, I would, you know, very simply, uh, you know, pick up the phone uh, or head down to your, your your local, you know, dealership and just ask the question. Um, you know, I can, I can assure, assure you that you're quite likely going to get the answer that says, yeah, that oil is fine. And in fact, it's probably better than what we specified for that model of your truck, you know, back in the 90s, for instance. Um, so I, w- I would suggest that the other the other thing that I would, uh, you know, sort of if I can plug something, I guess, is to is to make sure that the oil choices that you're making, uh, in, in, in addition to meeting that recommended viscosity grade and, and meeting the, the appropriate performance level, uh, your best bet is to make sure that you're buying an API licensed engine oil. You'll know that by looking on the back of the container, if you're if you happen to be at the local Walmart or what have you and you you pick up a bottle off the shelf, that donut there is our trademark. It represents that that product has been licensed. Our licensing program isn't just send us your uh, brand name and we'll, we'll we'll get you licensed. We actually require from the formulator every single formulation that could possibly fill that particular product. And for us, a product is not just a brand name, but brand name, viscosity grade and performance level. So, you know, a marketer will have dozens of, of licensed products on their license. And, uh, you know, that mark, if you see that mark, uh, that indicates that not only is that oil gone through a, a very rigorous licensing process, but it also goes through our aftermarket audit program that we use to, uh, that we back up 
uh, we're out in the field testing these oils off the very same shelves that you or I would go out and buy them from. Uh, we run the performance tests on them, the physical and chemical bench tests, and we work with the marketers if we find any issues. And they are, believe, believe you me, they are quick to address any, uh, you know, lubricant manufacturer issues that may have gone into it. Doesn't happen that often, thankfully, but, uh, you know, so those are, those are sort of the things that I would, uh, you know, mention to the enthusiast, uh, you know, to, to, to sort of uh, get them back off the ledge, so to speak. That's really good information because that there's so many brands and so there's so much marketing that's out there. Um, you know, if I Google diesel engine oil, I could, you know, go for pages and pages and pages. So knowing that I can refer to, a, a, you know, a testing, a, a licensing that, that you guys have, it gives me confidence, no matter which one that I pick, that it, it meets the specifications that, you know, are designed for the truck. And so I, I think that's something really kind of comforting and reassuring to be able to fall back on if I am a do-it-yourself or if I, um, mm-hmm. you know, like a particular brand or something like that, I know that I'm still protecting my engine regardless of what brand it is, as long as it's licensed. Yeah. And, and that's right. Cause remember, this is a performance level, minimum performance level. There are many oils out there. I, uh, you know, everybody has a lot to choose from and a lot of great oils to choose from it, but it's a minimum performance level. There are marketers out there, manufacturers out there who have their own technologies that, that may provide better this, better that. But as long as you're meeting that minimum performance level that your engine manufacturer recommends, uh, you're doing no harm. And, you know, for those folks that want to look for engine oils that are licensed, we do have an online real-time uh, licensee directory that if, if basically you just Google API engine oil directory. And I think we're the first thing to pop up on a on a Google, uh, you know, on a Google search. So folks can actually go there and verify that a company's licensed as they're there in the shop uh, or the store making an, uh, you know, and, and having difficulty deciding who they want to, who they want to buy. They can check and verify their licensure with API through that manner. I just thought of a question. I was thinking about, you know, you'd mentioned the backwards compatibility and I'm sure when this transition takes place, there, there is you know, a little bit of a time gap, as you had mentioned, for companies to catch up. But we do have shop owners that listen, and I know they can stock you know, lubricants and oil and things like that in, in bulk. And how does it work for, you know, I know we're, we're looking into the future, but say a 2027 truck, and they've got the previous specification in their shop. Is that something they need to you know, rotate out, or, or how does it work? kind of going the opposite way. You have a previous specification oil and a newer truck. Are they just mutually exclusive where there's not going to be any compatibility? You need to go to the newer one, you know, right away. Yeah. uh, Well, I mean, for those on uh, those model year trucks for 2027 that specify whatever we decide to call the next category where it's probably going to be CL4. Right now we refer to it as PC12, proposed category 12. We're still working on it, but um, ultimately, um, you know, uh, uh, another another great benefit of us announcing that the new spec is coming out a year beforehand is, you know, everybody's uh, everybody's going to be able to use up their supply in that time in anticipation. And quite frankly, for those guys that are running shops, they're still seeing older model vehicles come through the shop. So you can you can use the CK4 for the older engines because that's what they'll likely specify. And, um, you know, until you can fully transition and get rid of that CK4 stock, 
then you can rely just on the new oil and that new oil will service all those older vehicles. So I, it shouldn't be much of a problem. We, we talk about that a lot uh, when we do podcasts with sort of the national oil lube news and stuff like that, the, the, uh, and the chains and, and such. Uh, in, terms of, in terms of handling these oils uh, from a shop perspective, you know, it, it's not going to be any different. You know, these oils aren't special and don't need a, to be kept at a, you know, a particular new temperature or something like that. But, uh, you know, we do have a, 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 another document for those types of people specifically that handle bulk engine oils. We have several documents. Again, these are all on my website for free. But uh, we have a API 1525, which is, which is a bulk engine oil handling transportation and storage guide. So this is good for the distributors. It's good for the shop owners uh, to understand, uh, you know, very basic things like using dedicated uh, equipment. You know, if, 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 you're, if you're a shop with a bunch of, uh, you know, like a single pitcher and you're putting 15 W40 and something down the road, down here and, and your 10 W30s next, you should be, you should be dedicating your, your, your equipment, so to speak, or your dispensers. Uh, so 1525, again, you don't have to pay for this. It's free. It's on my website uh, for anybody that's interested in how to, uh, to handle bulk engine oils. That's a good one. Um, that's a good one for, for, uh, for those folks to, to, to look into and read. And we recently updated it uh, this, this past year into the second edition. So one of the things that's really helpful about this is I think back to the first diesel truck I ever owned. I bought it brand new in 2008. It was a 2008 6.7 Cummins. And it gets, you know, that time for that first oil change. And all the friends I had, people I knew, they had older trucks. And they're telling me, oh, you got to run this. I've been running this in my 12 valve for, you know, 10 years. Or, you know, and I just happened to look in the owner's manual and it's a different classification. And I stop and then I, you know, the, the flow of information back then wasn't quite as good as it is now. But I would think, okay, I need to go look at the back of the bottles. I need to make sure it has what it says in my owner's manual. So, you know, it's what's so helpful about being able to chat with you today is, um, you know, for people to have trucks now, but then also ones in the future is being able to have some education around it. So you're not confused or don't run, you know, the wrong thing, or, you know, your buddy tells you, Oh, this, I've been running this for 20 years. It's, it's the best thing ever. Well, your engine's designed for something else now. Yeah. Well, it is confusing. And I, and I promise you it'll get slightly more confusing. One of the things that happened when we launched the current category CK4 is at the same time we launched FA4. This is a, uh, a lower viscosity category. The donut's a little bit different. It's primarily intended for the on-highway diesel uh, vehicles that were produced after 2017. Um, and, and largely it's a factory fill oil uh, at this point in time. But, you know, our our specs are getting to a point where they're they're having to diverge because of all the different engine manufacturers and their different methods for meeting their EPA requirements on emissions. Um, we have a great resource on the website. Um, if I were there in person, I'd be handing you a stack of these. Uh, uh, it's, it's basically a trifold uh, handout. We hand them out all the time. I'll be at Mid America Truck Show handing them out. Uh, next week, as a matter of fact, for anybody that happens to be in Louisville next week, stop by and see us. We'll have a booth uh, in the north lobby. But um, the motor, API motor oil guide, if you Google API motor oil guide, what that will do, what that does is it really explains what do all these marks that I see on the bottles mean? Uh, what's built into those marks? How, you know, what, 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 uh, you know, what were the different performance categories intended to at the time that they were developed? 
what problems were they intended to fix, you know, like better wear protection, things of that nature. Um, and so, you know, for, uh, for anybody that's really interested in this, it's certainly the people that have shops with a couple of technicians out there that uh, might, you know, might, might just be out of high school or just be brand new hires that don't really understand. Uh, this is a great small resource that you can just stick up there on a toolbox and, and have it there for, you know, for everyday reference. Yeah, that, that is an excellent resource. And, and it, it's it's so, you know, awesome to be able to learn about these things ahead of time. And, and you know, like doing a podcast like this is, um, you know, there's a lot of us aren't thinking about the truck we're going to buy in, in three or four years, but it ends up sneaking up on us really quick. And, and just being able to get kind of a behind the scenes look at what you guys do, what the OEMs are doing to be able to build this, have it ready. And, and you know, the marketplace is prepared for it. And, you know, doing a podcast like this and chatting with, you know, diesel truck owners, enthusiasts, they've kind of got it in their head. Hey, something's going to be changing here in the future and it's going to be backwards compatible. So if I have two or three trucks or a fleet, um, something like that, it, it, it all works together. So this is, uh, it's really insightful and I'm sure we could chat for hours and hours and hours about it. And maybe, maybe we will in the future because there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of questions we get after, um, yeah, that I don't think to ask or, or somebody out there is, is really focused in or their interest is in a particular part of, of this. So I'll, I'll definitely make sure and, and get those put together, but I appreciate your time today, chatting with us, um, educating us. And for people who, who, you know, do want to l- learn more, where are some places they can either follow you guys, you know, like on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, and then also the website to be able to go to. Sure. Um, I'll give everybody a second to grab their pencils, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll plug diesel oil matters. That's our social media channel for all things, diesel, uh, diesel engine oil, whether that's diesel engine oil and, and diesel exhaust fluid, by the way, we also have a diesel exhaust fluid licensing program that when SCR first, uh, you know, came into being, that's a, that was uh they wanted somebody who had experience doing this type of certification. They came to the API and, and we now lease licensed diesel exhaust fluid as well. We've been doing that for about a decade now, over a decade. Uh, so diesel oil matters is where we'll feed out information and keep the, keep everybody up to date on where we are with this new category on anything else that happens to matter. Um, and, and then my base website, I, you know, it's a, usually I just tell them Google API engine oil, and that'll really get you there because that's that's what we all end up doing anyhow. But uh, API.org is our is our base website. Uh, we do an awful lot of stuff, uh, so you'll you might get lost on the website. So if you want to <laughs> Google engine oil API engine oil, I think it'll get you there quicker. Perfect. Well, I'm sure a lot of people will click over there. Like I said, there's there's a ton of interest. Anytime we're talking about oils, lubricants, DEF fluid, we've talked about before on the podcast. There's a lot of interest. We just want to know what's going into our our vehicles, why it is specified the way that it is, and and we just you know if, if we're really enthusiasts, we're mechanically inclined and just want to know how things work. So I uh, know I'll definitely head on over there. Like I said, I appreciate your time today chatting with me, Jeff, and look forward to uh, chatting with you again in the future and maybe talking about DEF fluid. That's also a a huge one that our listeners want to know about. I hope to see you soon. Thanks a lot, Patrick, and and good luck to those on the road right now. Thanks. Don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and head on over and check out what Kershaw has for knives to meet really any sort of lifestyle, any sort of budget that you have. Just go to kershaw.kiausa.com. Check out the complete lineup that uh, that they have. If there's any questions that you'd like us to ask them on the next episode, you can jump on our Discord and let us know. If you're a Patreon subscriber, you can message us. You can put a, a comment on YouTube, um, any of our, 
uh, social medias, whether it's Instagram, Facebook. We'll make sure and get those on a future episode. I also want to give a shout out to a couple of our Patreon uh, subscribers. We appreciate their help and everyone else uh, that uh, subscribes on there. Um, Texas Diesel Supply, Wright's Diesel, Wright's Diesel Services, Caleb. We appreciate what you guys do being a part of the podcast and uh, you know helping us along the way as we continue to grow, evolve. We covered the topic of diesel, which is changing super fast with different things going on with fuel prices, parts that are available, you know, trends, things like that. It's an incredible industry to cover, and it's it's changing very very rapidly. And we appreciate the support that uh, that you guys are giving to us. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.